Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside Podcast with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. And, well, two interesting pieces today of contrasting interest to a lot of listeners, I would say. Kiri, I've spoke to the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture Minister Richard Ronan about various aspects of his department because it incorporates, of course, the fishing industry, the forestry, the agriculture, the food side of things. So uh, he's got a lot of different areas to cover with his department and uh, not easy to keep everyone happy, I'd imagine. There's been lots of problems, uh, as he'll, he'll tell us. You know, we, we mentioned the meat plant, uh, the problems that we've had with the with the Phytophthora remorum uh, affecting the trees on the Isle of Man. And also uh, negotiations that uh, the minister's been having in Scotland, of course, involving the fishing industry as well. So big areas, aren't they? Very important to people out there, especially the farming industry. And he's, he's doing a good job keeping them all together. Because... That's the difficult thing. It's not like a, all these departments that are run by DEFA aren't really your nine to five jobs, are they? You know, the fishing industry, you know, they've got to go out in the, in the Irish Sea and, or, you know, whenever the weather is good at all types of times or times of the year. And the farming, we all know about the hours, you know, you can't plan when cows are going to carve and lambs are going <laughs> to pop out. And no, there's such a volatile industry, isn't it, really? And it is difficult and it's very weather dependent, the fishing especially. You know, this last season of weather hasn't been ideal for both, but uh, making the most of it, I think. So we'll be hearing uh, from the Minister on them various topics uh, very shortly indeed. But uh, you had a uh, a wonderful night of entertainment at the Breda Stedford. Yes, what a traditional night it was as well. It's great to see so many people taking part in such an, an old established event, singing songs, poems, playing instruments. It really was a great night. Let's sit back and listen to this week's edition of Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. <laughs> Well, Kiri, finally, for the farmers and market growers and everybody around the Isle of Man, a few days without rain, a bit of decent weather, and I've seen one or two tractors out on the fields ploughing and bits and pieces, so uh, at least uh, some progress getting done there. Oh, absolutely. The sun was lovely. The lambs were out and they were playing up and down the hedges. It's the first time I've seen them do it in the in the last sort of six weeks. It was really nice to see. But it's an important time for the farmers, isn't it? Because, you, you know, you've had that period of the, the lamb and we've had that terrible weather. We're not going to dwell on that now now time to work the fields and it's just come at the right time i know lots of people's fields won't be able to get on them yet but some have which uh, is encouraging it really is some of the guys around us the fields have been underwater for weeks and only just starting to see the ponds disappearing and it is nice to see the, the plows coming out it, you know time of year is moving on yeah do you uh, do any plowing yourself <laughs> no we don't do any plowing no. contractors come in but uh yeah, it's nice to see the seasons move on, though. Yes, it is. Well, I popped along and had a chat with Richard Ronan, the Minister for the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture, to talk about many topics. He had some new information for me. Uh, before we got into that, we spoke about the Fisheries Department, the Forestry, also the Agricultural Department. But first of all, the Minister told me about the call for exhibitors to come forward ahead of the two agricultural shows and the Isle of Man Food and Drink Festival. It's that time of year. I think it's where the shows are very successful, the two shows, the Royal Show and the, the Southern Agricultural Show. 
show and, and the food festival are very successful. I think what is important to recognise, a lot of work goes into this by the relevant committees on both of the Royal Show and the Southern Show and, and by DEFA themselves in regarding the food festival. And these take an enormous amount of time to do throughout the years. I know these committees meet regularly. They take a long time. And we are certainly regarding the ones we're controlling at the minute in the food festival. We've been very active to build on the, the recent successes of the food festival celebrating what is Isle of Man food and drink. Certainly last year was the most successful to date. What I'm trying to achieve with the Isle of Man food and drink festival is to make it more of an international sort of calendar event. Uh, I only yesterday met with the, the tourism guys at DED to look see how we can sort of better this event as well. So, you know, I think it's important that it's ever evolving. We continue to improve. We have a, a new sponsor this year as well with the Food and Drink Festival, which I think is a little bit different from what has been in the past. It's Magnet Kitchens, who uh, have been a, a good supporter of the Isle of Man economy for many, many years. And I'm absolutely delighted that Magnet have, have seen this as, at the end of the day, they're an international brand who see the importance of putting their products into such a prestigious event like the Isle of Man Food Festival. So I think that's a good match and we're going to see some sort of nice kitchens down there from them. You know, certainly in the the food sort of cookery area as well. So I'm delighted with that as well. And we're looking at something maybe a little bit different to put at the Southern Show this year as well. Still working on that. But there'll be a presence certainly at both shows, which I'm delighted to see. What about moving on, obviously, the the food and drink part of it? It's a big part of the the Isle of Man agricultural world. And, of course, uh, it's been a while since I mentioned it, but the meat plant, how are things going there? Obviously, first of all, before you start about that, Richard, great news about the, the TB-free status. We did a piece with Stuart Jakes, of course, on the week before's programme, but um, that is great news. It is great news, and it's something which I'm delighted we've actually got this status back. It's taken an awful long time to get back. I think it's important to recognise it's, it's easy to lose your TB-free status, but it's very, very hard to get it back. And certainly when we were doing this work, it's clear some of the the hardship that can happen and come across farms, you know, the financial hardship if this occurs. And, you know, I've got to put on record again my thanks to the farming community for the immense amount of work they've done working in collaboration with the department to get this status back. Uh, But I see this only as round one, if I'm brutally honest with you, Simon. I think the, you know, we've got to, we've got to maintain it. And with that comes, you know, strict sort of stringent sort of, testing and and procedures more importantly with that comes very close cooperation working with our the, the farming community which does happen and we just have to make sure that them standards are maintained but yeah going back it's absolutely wonderful news and it, in fairness i think it ties it ties neatly in with the the other sort of work we're doing about sort of tr- trying to sort of look for added value this is where i see the alaman food and drink going you know we're not we, obviously there is commodity elements to our food and drink but you know where if we're going to be successful going forward and the, the food strategy as you know clearly points this is about getting added value but to get that you can't just go out and say that we're from the alaman you know it costs a little bit more with that comes credibility traceability provenance tb free status it all adds to the offering and with that we've got to get better skilled at selling it and marketing it and that's what we're looking to do and and you know i think you're going to say touch on the meat plant i think this is at the round what we're looking at now to do as well well if the tb free to status now it maybe give that extra bit of confidence for anyone off the island is it worrying that a lot more of the 
livestock can be exported for slaughter off the island and, and put the meat plant in more trouble? No, I don't, I don't think that's the case with the TB3 stages. I think what there is, is that there's two markets we're looking at here. There's the, there's the meat market and there's a breeding market. And I think with the TB3 status, you know, there's going to be a, a better opportunities open up for clean breeding stock. And I know we've spoken to a few farmers who are very keen to, to exploit this market. And quite rightly so they should. It's, a, it's an export market for the Isle of Man. So, you know, what, what we have to do is reduce the exports going off for live slaughter, etc. Uh, we've got to get more, more throughput, more consistency at the meat plant. You know, there has to, there's a still a lot of work to do. And I know it probably sounds like Groundhog Day to a lot of, a lot of your listeners there, seeing we've been here before. But I do think we're in a better place now with the meat plant. I think certainly what we're, what we're looking at doing is we, we have a strategy in place. We know we've identified where we need to be in the marketplace. Internally, there's a huge market to, to get. There's a 70% slice still up for grabs. We're never going to get that in its entirety. We can compete with the cheap sort of frozen market that's not going to happen but there's, there's massive strides we can still make which will put more money through the farm gate this is what it's all about it's about growing that slice of the economy for the farming community and, and the food industry as a whole so no it, it's there's still big challenges we're, we're trying to get a more commercial outlook at the the meat plant this has been driven by themselves and there's a business plan imminent which i'm very much looking forward to seeing about seeing what, what, what markets, how they can improve their, their, their offering. And I think as well, consistency, how they engage, very important is how they engage with the local butcher, how they can get a, because some of the reports I've been hearing is that the consistency levels of supply isn't there. You know, there's quite clearly work to be done, but there's work on both sides as well. This isn't just a blame game for the meat plant, far from it. You know, we've all got a responsibility as the consumer to, to want and purchase the product. But at the end of the day as well, you know, that product has to be right for looking at some of the larger supermarkets. They want it in a format that suits their formula. It has to meet stringent standards. We've got a new A grading rating at the meat plant, which is absolutely wonderful news, which opened doors yet again. So I do think we're in a good place, but be under no illusions, there's still massive challenges up there. Well, it's only a 25-minute programme, so I'm not going to even get started on the milk price yet. We'll save that for another day. But, of course, you met also a month or so ago with the Scottish Minister to do with the fishing industry, which uh, seemed to be uh, a positive meeting yeah i think it was you know this is something which was uh, done at our request uh, you know I, I see ourselves as a responsible international fishery but you know we're not we're not a protective fishery i think you know there's been there's been calls in the past that may be perceived to be the case but you know we have to work very closely with our with our neighboring jurisdictions uh, on, on the management of our of our sea fisheries i think the isle of man has played a, a good part in this and it's worked closely with as i say with our neighboring jurisdictions and and as part of this you know we at ministerial level you've got to go and meet and talk face to face with your uh, counterparts which we did there's been a bit of friction in the past hasn't there yeah de- most definitely and i think you know that, that that was born out of 2010 but i think out of that came the fisheries management agreement in 2012 i think i think there's still a perception that that maybe we're a little bit insular and isolated maybe that's absolutely not the case and I well I will say that that meeting with with Minister Lockhead was was very very successful one on a ministerial front we we talked an awful lot about where we go how do we work a better understanding of, of funding I think one of the things which 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 our neighboring jurisdictions don't understand is that you know their fisheries are, can access a, a European fund which is quite quite huge we don't get any so we're a sustainable fishery 
you know, and, and it was quite interesting when we said this, you know, they had, they had no idea. They had no idea of this. And I think we're not after the money, far from it. We're just explaining, look, before you apply, you know, certain demands on us, just understand how, where our fishery is. And I think with us being a sustainable fishery as well, we've got great opportunities to show the, uh, our neighbouring jurisdictions and actually how we can do it as well. We've got some exciting plans coming forward with fisheries as well, certainly with uh, the not to free sort of zoning, but there's work being done on that. I am hope to re- release a consultation on that soon. But I think regarding that meeting with Minister Lockett, I think uh, equally as importantly is, is officer-level communications, and I'm delighted with that. That's been really good, and we hope to see more of that going on. Moving on to the forestry, that's been a, a tough old one over the last few years with the diseases, so... Uh, Maybe a bit of a change in plan happening there? It's a challenge, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, it's a question is where, where do you stop with it? I think what we've got to try and do is, well, one of the things we are trying to do is is, is looking at sort of certification so we can so we can export some of this material. I know the department are working very hard on that at the minute. It is a, it is a big, big challenge, you know, it is being monitored very carefully. I know that the forestry team work very, very hard on this, but it's, it's an ongoing situation, Simon. Really, but it's you know what I want to do, and what I want to see is is make sure that that diseased timber can be harvested and 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 sold on or used. It's more importantly. And finally, um, some news about uh, maybe increasing the Isle of Man's uh, wildlife. What's this I'm hearing? Yes, I have instructed today that I'd like to see a consultation on the introduction of red squirrels to the Isle of Man. I think this is something which is seen would be the right thing to do for the animals because you know red squirrels are an, an endangered species certainly in the UK I just see that we as internationally responsible which I certainly think this bell government certainly is is that we need to, to to look at the possibilities of bringing red squirrels to the Isle of Man and I do appreciate that, that there's there's a wide range of discussions to be had on this but certainly I think anyone knows me certainly in my role as minister I want to challenge these these areas I think there's clear evidence where populations of red squirrels have sort of successfully thrived in in the UK there's there are only small pockets it'd obviously be good for that, that that species but also it's been good economically as well and you know we're looking at I go to centre parks for example you know you know it's clear that, that, that one of the big draws there is, is the red squirrels and but I do understand the sensitivities around this but I do want to flush it out I think it's important you know, I've realised there'll be changes in the Wildlife Acts to to make this happen. So it's not a it's not something that's going to happen overnight. But I want to see a consultation go out, which will be imminent. Uh, I I'm looking at it right now, but I certainly think it's the right thing to do. And I would uh, like to see if it was possible to bring this species over here. Then 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 we should be seriously thinking of doing it. Will it mean the import of more nuts to the Isle of Man? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We're just we're just about to pass seed legislation here with the farmers, which which I'll put on record. My apologies for the delay of all this, but that's coming through surely. So you never know. But uh, there is a very serious side to this as well. Uh, and you know, I think you know we are surrounded by water, and um, this is a, a species that is under threat, certainly in the UK. And uh, I want that question asked. The Minister for the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture, Richard Ronan, just about covering every topic on the list there. And uh, a lot when you look at it, Kerry, isn't there? With the trees and the fish and the the meat plant and the agriculture, everything like that, isn't it? There's a lot uh, lot of remit in it. It affects so much the environment, the countryside. 
you know, the livelihoods of farmers on the island. It's a big undertaking, the agricultural department. Mm. Are you a fan of the red squirrels? I do like squirrels. Do you? Yeah, I really do. Um, especially the red ones. I'm not too keen on the grey ones. They cause an awful lot of bother. But um, Yeah, yeah so it nice. seems, a, a, obviously, as he said there, he's, he's going to look at every department, talk to the wildlife people, conservationists and everything, to make sure that it's all okay. And I think the main aim, uh, as he was touching on there, was to, to, to try and help protect them, you know, not just have them here for the sake of it. Oh, yeah, if we can help any species, especially with the water around the Isle of Man, it certainly does protect anything that's on it. <laughs> You're listening to Countryside on Manx Radio with Simon Clark and myself, Kerry Kermood. At the weekend, I popped along to the Breda Steadford, a long-standing event in the country calendar, and I caught up with a few of the competitors and people in attendance. Dot Tilbury, a full house again. Full house again at the Braid. And, you know, it's sad, really, because Onken Steadford has given up this year. And we've still got St John's going. But the Braid has just got something magical about it. And we've had a, we've got a marvellous crowd here tonight. We've just had the instrumental class. I was rubbish, but everybody... <laughs> well, me and Eric, probably. And um, he was playing the saw. And it was just amazing, you know, the ukulele, we had a flute, we had a frugal horn, or a flugal horn, whatever it's called, <laughs> and he went on and his fingers were going like nine pins on that, he's only got three stops, and he was blowing at the same time. Marvellous, marvellous. We're having a brilliant time, it's been real entertainment, it's been my first braid at Steadford. I've been to the Maloo one, but never been to the braid. The atmosphere is electrifying. The enthusiasm. It is amazing. It's got something special, this hall. And, um, you know, we've got Alan Wilcox. He's been coming up here. And, you know, I, I came up here. I was working in London for a while. And, and when I came home, I thought, I'm going up the Bradest ever to learn a poem. And, uh, and I learned a poem from my auntie, Do Crea. And um, I forgot the words. And um, anyway, I thought, well, I'll write my own poems and then I'll be able to read it. And that's when I started. And... Um, that was a few years ago, 1974 that would be. Oh, and I've been wow, coming up here ever since. <laughs> 26 years ago, I saw her come here, you know. Yep. And um, I thought it was just a joke, but it's gone on each year for, for, since then, like, you know. 26 and, and, years ago? Yeah. yeah. And I had to, to teach myself. So how did it come about? Did you just find yourself in the yard well, having a I, play about? I remember seeing uh, Jack and Peggy Watson. They used to go down. You know, I see. And uh, that's where it come from. Goodness me. Yeah. So it's an old tradition here at the Braid then, the saw? Well, could be. Could be. Yeah, it's come back a bit. It's yeah. Lovely yeah. stuff. Yes. So baby, be you can lay me in performance there, Nick Saunders with the ukulele. Thank you very much. Yes, it's a wild night in Braid. <laughs> First time in the competition? First time, but what an array of uh, instruments and performers. <laughs> it certainly was. There was all kinds of instruments. Is the ukulele your favourite thing or do you play other instruments as well? 
I play the piano, but the ukulele is the most versatile, so you can pretty much play what you want and pick it up quite easily, so it's good fun. Yeah. <laughs> Well done for tonight. You won the Ladies' Voice solo. And the song you chose tonight was the Fields, Fields of Gold. Fields of Gold. Yeah. Now you're more recognised from us, the younger farmers, on the stage at the Gaiety Theatre performing. Is this something you've always done the braid? Has it always helped? I've only done the braid of Stedford twice before. I was just um, thinking back today and the first time was 25 years ago. Well well done tonight Dillis. Thank you for talking to me. So Alan, a cracking night again at the braid of Stedford. <laughs> yes, one of many. They come round quite regularly don't they? Oh, Every they year. Do. They do. <laughs> and will these people come in year on year? Have they been coming Every from many year times? People have been coming as long as I can remember, and that's a long time now. Oh, great. The biggest worry, well, a couple of years ago, was trying to find people to take part. But now, everybody, a lot of people take part now, and there's always a lot of spectators here. Always a lot of spectators. And do some of the performers, will they go on to do the Guild and Well, the one or two will, yes. I mean, I can see one or two people here who will probably take part later on. We'll be in the Guild and the Cleveland Medalists, if you like. Do I see Graham is here and one or two more? And they'll be up singing, you know, there's no worry. What is your favourite part of it? Is there anything in particular? Oh, I like that. I just like the whole thing, it, to see people doing all sorts of wonderful instruments. Well, Alan, I'll let you get back to yep. it. I think we're getting called again. You've just done the piano duet. Yeah, so I've been doing it for, seems forever. Seems like forever. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Is it something you really enjoy? Yes, yes we do. But tonight, Wendy, you've accompanied quite a lot of the performers, the competitors. Well, it's great fun. I hope it goes all right. And I hope that they're not going to produce something I can't play. No, but uh, we usually manage to scrape through. So, Chris, the Braid of Sedford is now finally finished at 1am. Has it been a success? Oh, I think it's fair to say that yes, it has been a great success again this year. We never know who's going to turn up. There might be no competitors wanting to take part. What would we do? But as you've seen this evening, there have been loads of new people wishing to take part. Some lovely singers, some superb people doing recitations as well. It's been a, a superb night. And if it's finished at one o'clock in the morning and started at half seven in the evening, it shows there must have been a lot of talent here this evening. And I think everybody's enjoyed it. And we hope that you and many more folk will keep on coming for many, many more years to come to the Braid of Stedford. Some of the people I caught up with at the Braid of Stedford... It uh, really is one of them events. I've been lucky enough to be invited to perform there in the past as well. And 
trying to get jammed into that little car park <laughs> at the Braid Hall. It's just a unique event, isn't it? You know, all there must be the same people that go there every year. You know, maybe when somebody doesn't go one year, oh, there's a there's a spare chair this year you can <laughs> pop in with uh, Tilbury and all that gang. It's uh, absolutely wonderful. It's a real tradition. It's such a, a traditional event that. You know, there's not many of them around the country anymore, but uh, certainly it's a lot of characters there, a lot of Manx characters, and the singing and the, the hymns and just the poems, everything is just brilliant. I know, it's one of them things with the with the Manx at these do's, isn't it? Well, well, it's 2016 now, we better not have any... We've always had a hymn! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is like that, them sort of events, isn't it? It really is, and... Hearing the Manx accent when they're reciting some of the poems and, oh, it's just such a tradition and it's it's lovely and hopefully it'll carry on for many years to come. Have you uh, been invited to perform on the stage yourself at any of these country events? Oh, goodness, no. I remember as a child I used to do the recorder at the uh, Malua Stedford, but those were many years ago. Oh, no, how can you... Did you, ever, did you ever get it in tune? No, no, it was never in tune. I think the best performance we did was with my best friend. I said a little poem and we got a first prize, but that was the first and last prize we ever got. <laughs> but, but they are good fun because nobody seems to mind what, what actually goes wrong and everything like that in them. And geez, there's all sorts of things. I mean, I've been there before with the as the Deemsters and stuff. And also that there's been the big... Bow saws being played there, you know, anything sort of goes oh, within goodness, reason. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for all abilities, and they use it as a good practice before the guild that's coming up. And yeah, it's, it's an evening to be enjoyed by everyone. Yeah, and one of the things was, I suppose, in years gone by, it was you know sort of an older people's sort of night wasn't it but they're encouraging a lot of young and old in get involved in it and that's right there's a lot of talented young singers and uh, speech makers out there now and it's given them the confidence to take part in such bigger events like the guilds and school assemblies and it's a platform for them to practice and you know still be part of the community as well yes i suppose it's a bit of a difference going from 60 or 70 there to 1500 at the villa <laughs> marina stage wouldn't it? it is Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, there, another countryside for you, involving two quite varied topics. Uh, the Minister for DEFA, Richard Ronan, talking about all the, the different areas of his department, from the, from the fishing industry, the agriculture, the food, and, of course, the forestry as well. So uh, a lot of different areas to be covered and... As he says, they're not sitting back, they're looking ahead to what, how they can improve all these different areas. They are, they're really striving forward and they've got to keep moving to keep up with the and what's new and the different markets and, and advice. It's important to keep going ahead and keeping up the speed with everything. Yeah, and you've survived uh, the Braid of Stedford. I did. Yeah. What a great night. A lot of talent there and it's nice to see hear the Manx dialect and and some of the poetry and the songs of uh, years gone by. It's really nice. Yeah, well, I look forward to being there next year and seeing you on the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think so. (laughs) So, for this week's Countryside, from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kermode. We'll see you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. 
So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click Shaw.com. Love the Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.